Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Final hour of the Late Show. When we talk about President Joe Biden, there's something that we talk about oftentimes. I think the show that talks about it the most is clearly the Chad Hartman show. But it's been discussed, and it should be discussed, his age, right? We, we, we talked about all the politicians. We talked about their age. Nobody's age has been talked about more than Joe Biden's, okay? Um, and it should be something that should be brought up. We should factor everything in when we talk about the candidates, okay? And Joe Biden's up there in age. So is Donald Trump. But as we talked about President Biden and his age, clearly we, we think about his age having an impact on if he can carry out all the duties in the Oval Office, okay? And I don't have a problem with that, okay? I, I'm not sitting here um, wanting to take shots at anybody that wants to take shots at, at President Joe Biden because of his age, okay? Because I think it's a legitimate thing that you, that you look at. Okay, he's not the only one because we talked about Mitch McConnell. Um, um, uh, who was it just recently just passed? Um, Diane Feinstein. That's right. So, so, so those are all legitimate concerns. Uh, yeah, okay? ab- absolutely. So, 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 this is the thing, though. As we deal with that, there's something that Donald Trump has done that has put him in the crosshairs of a conversation about him carrying out his duties in the Oval Office. Okay, and I think that this is squarely because he continues to talk and do media and promote himself and do the rallies. This headline from CNN, and I don't really watch that much CNN anymore. I used to watch CNN years ago, whatever, but it's it's changed. Trump's verbal slip ups threaten his argument about Biden. And so I'm like, well, what are they saying here? Okay, and in this article, they mention about how. And we know that this is what the former president does. He mocks Biden. He mocks a lot of people, right? He doesn't just go after Joe Biden, but he mocks a lot of people, right? He's always kind of been that way. He takes shots at people. Um, but he's had some recent gaps and verbal slips on the campaign trail, and it's becoming noticeable to a lot of people. They mentioned when he says he's around, he's always looking around, where do I go? Trump did this exaggerated impersonation of Biden walking around the stage looking confused um, at the Cedar Rapids, uh, at a stop in Cedar Rapids last month. But then weeks later, he took to the stage, and I saw the actual video here, where he mistakenly thanked supporters for coming out to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. He wasn't in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. 
He was in Sioux City, Iowa. So that was a mistake. Well, it's all part he, of Sioux land. So. He's also made some other claims about, about how Biden could eventually plunge us into World War II, which we've had World War II. Um, yes, we have. Um, he can, he, he's appeared confused. Um, even talking about former president, um, Barack Obama saying he was leading Obama in the election polls. So all of these missteps makes people talk about and bring up, is he cognitively with it? Does, is he functioning at a level where he should be in the Oval Office? I'll say this, okay? And I, I don't think that this is anything that many people would dispute. If you think that from a cognitive level, from a being with it level, that Joe Biden doesn't have it, then I don't know what you think about Donald Trump. I'm dead serious. Like th- these, these individuals that have both held the same office, they're night and day from a cognitive perspective. Agreed. Agreed. I, and, I, and Biden's I, older than he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Biden is older. He, here's what annoys me. If, if you look at Joe Biden and you can look at how he speaks and how he – you can absolutely make the case that sometimes he's, he trips on his words. Yes. No no, there's, no one's going to defend that. Yeah, sometimes – It happens. It yeah. ha- we all see it. We all, it. I don't care if you're the biggest liberal in the world. The biggest Democrat supporter in the world. You can't say that Biden doesn't make mistakes. No, he absolutely does. There are times where you're like, what are you trying to say? (laughs) I'm like, I have to go back and watch it a couple times. (laughs) But I'll take this call and then I'll come back. All right. Yeah, there's no question. There are times where you see, and and, and I'm not laughing to make fun of Joe Biden, okay? But, But you cannot sit there, and I don't care who you are and what part of the political aisle you you sit in. You cannot sit there and say that Joe Biden doesn't make mistakes. No. Because he clearly it, does. Yeah, he absolutely does. But you cannot, cannot criticize Joe Biden and look at Donald Trump and say, okay, well, Donald Trump is, is, is completely clear and concise with all of his thoughts. You cannot say that objectively because you are a hypocrite. And, and again, I am not a Trump supporter. I have not been, but I also understand that if you want things to be even across the board, like you have to admit that there are times where his communication yep. doesn't come off clear. Yep. And and you know what? That's okay. You can still support somebody and admit that they've got faults. That's okay. Yep. But but to just look and to criticize and make fun of Joe Biden, but to not do it for Donald Trump. Or to, to to do it to Donald Trump, but not to do it to Joe Biden. Yeah, do, do, I mean, let, let's be. It's got to be both sides. Yeah. Yes, let, absolutely. Let's be equal opportunity here. If yes. you'd like to react, if you'd like to weigh in, a phone line's available right now six five one four six one nine two two six. Because it, it, you know, when we talk about playing the game or criticizing and talking about said candidate or said person that's running for office, like you got to look at it across the board. And this is one of the reasons I'll say it again. This is one of the reasons why I think it's good that Dean Phillips, um, regardless of whether you support Dean Phillips or not, I think it's good that people step up and they say, hey, look, bottom line is we need more people in the race. 
right? You don't have to be – and this is the thing about the being in the race part. You don't even have to be a Biden supporter to go ahead and say, yes, I want to hear more ideas. Like, to me, that's that's part of it. But you can't sit here in the world of politics and look at the missteps of of Biden and say, oh, yeah, but that what Biden's done, that's that's everything. And look how old he is. But you not talk about the things that that have been going on with Trump as well. Trump incorrectly calling the the uh, uh, the prime minister of Hungary, the prime minister of Turkey or in a rally confusing Jeb Bush with his with former president and his brother, George W. Bush. Yeah, it's it's OK. Like people again, people are going to make mistakes. I, I don't want my my politicians to be perfect. I don't want them to be, you know, not I. I want it to be organic, right? I don't want this to be some manufactured, pre-prepared speech. I want them to be real. And when you're real, your thoughts might be a little – they might be a little jumbled. Well, that's why I that's like okay. debates. That's why I love debates. Yes. And, and, and look, the, the one there's one candidate that has kind of went after um, – that's kind of went after uh, Donald Trump. And that one candidate is Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis said, quote, this is a different Donald Trump than 2015 and 16. Lost the zip on his fastball, he told reporters in New Hampshire. He is wedded to the teleprompter. He can't get off that teleprompter. Anytime he does, he says things like, don't vote. He's telling people not to vote, like we have all the votes. So DeSantis is somebody that's opinionated enough to say, look, we can't do this again. Now, now, now whether whether he becomes the Republican nominee or not, which it doesn't sound like he's going to be, at least he stepped up and said, look, every candidate might have a flaw here and there, but I'm a younger guy and I'm, I'm ready and I'm up to the task. Do, do you feel like that's one of the reasons why Donald Trump is avoiding these debates? Cause he has not shown up to any GOP debates and I don't think he needs to, but I feel like there are some questions. Why is he not showing up to these? Well, well, I think that he's taking the advice from everyone out there. And, I've, and we've talked to, you know, I've talked to Chad about it. We've talked to whoever it's a Bloy Solson about it. Like he's with him leading in the polls the way that he that the way that he is. He he feels like he doesn't have to. He doesn't need to. Why would he when he's already so far ahead of everybody? He is the presumptive nominee. So people are looking at it and saying, well, why would you jump into a debate when there's no need for you to? The only thing that could happen to Donald Trump in a debate is for him to say something where it goes south. Or he or he puts himself in a situation to where there's a reaction to something that he it's says. It's a no-win situation. It's a no-win. He, he, he's got everything to lose. It is. Okay. But this is the thing. This is the thing I don't like about presidential debates. I don't want anybody that wants to be – the president of the United States skipping debates. I don't care. I don't care what party you, you align yourself with. I don't care if you're a Democratic uh, uh, candidate. I, I want to see uh, Joe Biden in every Democratic debate. Everyone, don't skip any. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's absolutely. Just, that's just, it goes for both sides. All right, 651-461-9226. Let's start with Steve in St. Paul. What you got, Steve? Yes, uh, talking about the cognitive uh, decline or uh, – their sharpness. Yeah. One thing you haven't mentioned about Trump is that, um, you know, he served a, a term as president, and uh, I think perhaps eighty to ninety percent 
of his former cabinet officials, you know, from his first secretary of state to mm-hmm. his various national security people, his secretary of defense, they've come out after the fact and have almost to a person uh, said that he is a total idiot. I mean, he's a total moron who will not, uh, he cannot be taught anything. He doesn't seem to know anything. Uh, they, you know, and they, there's famous quotes from them that then, of course, Trump uh, uh, berates them and, and denigrates them. And that has so not, who, and, but that has not swayed the, the MAGA crowd. That has not swayed his supporters at all. They have well, not even wanted well, to factor yeah. that in. Exactly. Well, how about the fact that he, the judge in his uh, rape case against the woman in New York uh, mm-hmm. said that uh, in the technicality, you can say this and this, but uh, the judge in the case said that the jury clearly uh, had decided that he had raped this woman, and that's why he has to pay her millions of dollars. I mean, I, the, the question I think, and, I, and I'm dismayed by this as a as a citizen, is that what is it? about the voters who are his core supporters, what is it about them that make them so blind to his obvious uh, evil? I mean, and, they, and a lot of these people claim that they're religious people and yep. they're devout people. And, and it's like, you know, hypocrisy is, is, is rampant, it seems to me. Yep. And, and, th- and thanks for the phone call from... Um... From Stephen St. Paul. Let me say this, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll come back. Maybe we can push a word, a word on the street a little bit later. But I definitely want to get some more phone calls in here if people would like to, to, to weigh in. When I look at this, I got to tell you, and, and I mean this when I say it, and I know that every human being is flawed. We all are flawed. I'm talking to this microphone. There's, there's things about me that I ain't because I ain't perfect. I mean, I, I know I'm a good person. I know that I am. I'm not just telling you that. I, I know deep down is I do a lot of good work. You know work. your intent. Yes. I know a lot of good work. And, and by the way, I want to thank all the people out there that over the last, what, three weeks, three and a half weeks that supported uh, the campaign that I had with uh, Justice Allen Page for the Page Education Foundation. We raised $15,000. Thank you so much to all those people that went to Cafe Latte and supported um, the Henry Lake Cake. But my, my, my point is, is I can't vote for Donald Trump Be, beyond the policies from a moral perspective i'm not a fan i'm not i i, I just can't i can't I, I would feel dirty walking into a voting booth and voting for donald trump i just can't do, with with a with a, a good conscience morally just knowing what we know what he said throughout the years how he degrades and talks about women Everything. There's there's so many things that I cannot stand by and say, yeah, that I want that person to be the leader of our nation. Yeah, so supporting somebody's more than just policy. It's about yep. supporting them and their moral supporting in your pockets. And, and, and their moral character, yes. Yep. Six five one four six one nine two two six. We'll take a break. We'll come back. This is the light show. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, thanks for listening to The Lake Show and listening to News Talk 830 WCCO. Want to wish one of our listeners out there who lost their father back when his father was 49, would be 84 today, a happy heavenly birthday to John Kastner. John Kastner, a happy heavenly birthday. But we've been talking about um, Donald Trump kind of being in the crosshairs just a little bit because of all of the verbal slip-ups that he's made here in the last year. And actually, it's not even just the last year. It's like it's been forever. Like he's made, he's made a lot of mistakes. It's been a long time. But, but looking at the dynamics of age – and people in certain positions and being politicians, and we bring up Biden a lot. Um, you got to bring up Trump a lot. And if we're talking about cognitively who's with it and has their fastball or who still has some stuff, I don't look at Joe Biden and Donald Trump in the same light. 651-461-9226. Real quickly, let me take a phone call from Nick and Roseville. How you doing, Nick? Hey, Henry. How you doing? I'm doing good. Good. You know, I think people are getting too judgy and judgmental. Um, Biden, I think, is doing a great job, as good as he can. I just hope, I just wish we would get some new young contenders uh, for the future. Mm-hmm. But what do you mean by too judgmental? What do you mean by too judgmental? Well, just because he makes a mistake, they they get on him. Yeah, no, no, what 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 that I agree with. In in terms of like if you if you misspeak, I mean we all make mistakes like that or if you 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 call somebody the wrong name or, and stuff like that. We get that's mm-hmm. going to happen from time to time. That's not life threatening. In terms of the actual position of being though in the oval office of being the president, yeah, we should be critiquing everything they do because policies and our lives and, and, and the way that we live, all of that stuff is on the line. So in that perspective, yes. But, but yes, I get what you're saying. Like making little small mistakes um, about acknowledging people or this and that on a day. I get that. But at the same time, though, yeah. if they're making some of those smaller mistakes, how do we know that in private they aren't making some of those small mistakes on big decisions? Now, at the end of the day, they've got a staff and they've got people that are well-equipped to handle um, yeah. you know, those type of mistakes in crisis. But but I think that we should call it out across the board is my point. Okay. Interesting. Yep. All right. I just hope Trump doesn't I just hope Trump doesn't get in again because again, I feel like as as I've said before on this show, I'm blind and I feel like he's unfriendly towards people with disabilities, whereas Biden's not. Yeah. And and thanks to the phone call from Nick in in Roseville, look, I'll be honest. When I was living in Kansas City and he was running and I was I was telling it because, you know, my, my co-host at the time, he voted for him. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the last election, I said, I don't even know how we got to this, but he he uh, but this was like, you know, pandemic stuff. Uh, we're talking about mask and all that. You know, and he lives in Missouri and he was like, no, 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 there's no way in the world I'm voting again for Donald Trump. He said I was lied to. 
I thought that as a as a citizen that I was going to make more money. I I I I bought into him caring about me, and I understand that he does not care about me. This is from this is from a my, my, and my co-host is just a a country guy from Missouri. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Oh and, yeah, and, and, yep. and, I know and, country guys and, from Missouri. And, and he was Trump had him hook line and sinker. Yeah. And after four years, he said, nah, man, I can't, I can't do that. Like, that just, I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm not going down that road again. I, I thought he was something that he wasn't. I never bought into it anyway because talking to poor people in Mississippi or all around the country and saying, I'm your guy, and, dude, you sit on a gold throne, and you're, you're, you're Donald Trump from, from New York City, I never bought that. Yeah, I, I think a lot of us could see that. You're not relatable. You, you, you're, not, you, you're not one of the people. If what you're doing is allowing people to, you know, people are supporting you because you're allowing their their biases and and their prejudices to show, then yes, they are supporting you for that. But but as for being relatable to the to the average Joe, he's not. But I guess, here's what I wanted to ask you, Henry: is with all of the attention that Donald Trump is putting on Joe Biden and his incompetence and his inability to get his thoughts out and, you know, this cognitive decline. What, is there not enough self-awareness to realize that you're having issues in terms of, of, of these coherent thoughts? Could somebody in his camp not go up to him and say, this probably isn't a talking point that you want to because for every no, time. That doesn't matter, Chris. It doesn't matter. Because he has Republican voters supporting him. That part doesn't matter. We, we, he can sit here and make a gaffe every single day up and until election still day. Him. Yeah, I know. And, and it doesn't matter. And that's the scary part, th- that you look at somebody. And, He's and, disrespected dead men like John McCain. I mean, who does that? Well, I mean, Who does he, he disrespected the soldiers, calling them suckers and losers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, there are a lot of things. I don't get it. Yeah, th- there are a lot of things that I don't know why people are are just turning a blind eye to. Like, I, I don't understand how you can look at this and just I totally say. I forgot about the losers and suckers. All, all, all of this is okay. Like, if if you're talking about wanting to support the Constitution, if you're talking about the good of the country. How can you look at all of this objectively and turn a blind eye to it? Like, I just the thing that I don't understand. The thing that any of I that. don't get, you, I, and you just man, that that kind of even just made me mad just in the moment, knowing that I've got family members that served the country and died, and and he called people losers and suckers. That just totally ticks me off. You know, with all due respect to 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 to, to his supporters, that that bothers me. The the notion that. Uh, what he say something about um, what was his stick that he uh, something about the law, a uh, law and order, law and order. Yeah, he's all about law and order. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Coming up next, we know that in America obesity is a problem, but we have to remember that we have to be reasonable on how we address it. We get to that next year on the Lake Show. We know that in the United States of America, we have an obesity problem. Over the years, and this is not a shocker because we do things in excess, right? We like what we like. We love what we love. And we just overdo it, okay? 
And so we um we have had some issues here for the last couple of decades with people getting bigger, people being in, in not as good a shape, not being as fit, and it takes a toll on all of us. You know, the healthcare system, you gotta deal with more people. Diabetes has really um, you know, ramped up. There's so much that is happening, okay? So, yes, when we promote living healthy lifestyles, when we promote talking about taking care of yourself, when we promote talking about getting fit and getting in shape, that means something. It means something because it's not just your life. Like, you're impacting everybody else too, okay? You know, you hear Susie Jones and her commercials. You hear, um, you know, Jason DeRussia and him being on Livia. It, it makes all the sense in the world. But one of the things that I look at, and I saw this article from the New York Times, is that I know that obesity and being out of shape can be an issue for people that's a lifelong issue. It can be something that we identify with young people at an early age. But I don't think when we talk about childhood obesity – Unless it's a life or death situation, unless it's a this person's way of life is going to be just flat out awful. I don't think with young kids that you should have them having bariatric surgery at a young age. I, I don't I don't think that that's a thing. And, and, and maybe one of you or two of you or somebody out there would like to weigh in on this at 651-461-9226. But I just... To me, identifying a young kid at the age of 13, 14, 15 and saying that we are going to put them under the knife with this surgery for them to lose weight, I think that's a very dangerous, not just a dangerous thing to do, but that's sending a a, a really awkward message. And Number one, in your formative years and when you're, you're, you're trying to develop who you are, your personality, your image, you're learning about what's, what's good in life, what you should um, try to attain to in life, who you want to be. When we start focusing in on the, the body type part at an early age, I – to me, that's that's very, very traumatizing, and it's not something that I would approve of. And let me repeat again. If it's a situation where it is a life-or-death type thing and there is a particular medical issue, have at it. But outside of that, I couldn't do it. If, the, if you're talking about something that is going to improve I feel like this is one of those things that it it should be able to be changed by diet, exercise, and developing good habits. And I'm that's the first route you go. That's the first route you go. And I'm and I'm not saying it's as simple as that. And we're not and we're not saying that even if they do look at this as an alternative, that they didn't try that prior to. Absolutely, absolutely. But when you're a child, like you are still. Your body is changing. It's the form of You years. are growing. Absolutely. Like mentally, you know, physically, socially, like 
every year you're changing from 13 to 14. I mean, we're, we're changing, you know, up until you become an adult. But yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, Henry. And I know it, it sounds like it's so simplistic and, and so easy to say, you know, well, geez, all you got to do is exercise and you got to eat up. That is, it's not easy. Everybody's to do. body's different. Yes. Yes. Everybody's different. Your metabolism is different. You know, there are certain- just because you work out and and and, do, and lift and do all that, you're not going to be an Instagram model overnight. No, because there, there's a lot of shortcuts that those Instagram people are doing. Yeah, and I, taking. I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I joke a lot about having pudding and everything, but I mean, I I do a lot of cardio. Like I I do, but I'm just at a point where I'm almost fifty. And I know this is the body that I have. I just, I want to be healthy yep. within what I have. I feel like I eat good. I get okay sleep, but I'm also uh, almost 50. So, you know, if I was looking at this through the lens of my 13 year old, I absolutely would tell her not to do this because as you said, if it's life changing, that's different. But if it's just, cosmetic and it's just superficial then i feel like there's a better answer that can set you up long term because th- there's certain risk with something when you do it at, at this what type age. of message are you sending a, your, your child if at 15 or 16 having this done at such an early age it's certainly not good i i feel like this is a way to develop bad habits and you can kind of hit the reset button. I, I developed these really bad habits. But you know what? If I have the surgery, the slap band, this you know, bariatric, it's going to be fine. I, I, that'll fix the problem. And then I can go back to do what, what I was doing. But then you're going to continue to have these bad habits. Because what you learn when you're a teenager, like you said, Henry, the one word, formative. Those are the formative years. This is where you figure out, you, you try and get yourself into those good routines so when you become an adult, they just become part of your everyday life. But I, I, think I, I definitely don't want people to use this as an excuse. Well, and I think at an early age too, and I don't know if anybody out there has had this type of surgery before, but but I know people that have that are adults, right? I've seen people that are adults that have put the weight back on. It not, happens a lot. Yeah, not all of the weight, but they put some of the weight back on. And you can tell that they put the weight back on, you know? And it just doesn't. It doesn't solve got, the got, underlying issue. Yes, you got to stick to the. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's a it's a quick fix, and I feel like that's what we're going for nowadays. Okay, yeah, this is the quick fix. But what does it do for you long term? Like, what are the pros and the cons? Two years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, is this? Can you have this surgery again? I don't even know if you can have it more than once. But I mean, I feel like you're just. You're going down a very dangerous path when you just use this as a fallback instead of really trying to make these wholesale changes that in the long run are going to be the best for you. Yeah, I don't think that young kids should be a part of the weight loss surgery uh, situation early in life. No, I'm anti that. It's it's just like to me, I kind of put it in the same sense as the, the, the plastic surgery, cosmetic you know, breast enhancement for teenage girls. It's like, you're still a child. You're still a Let child. Let me have a teenager that comes home and says, I, I want some lip injections. Yeah, no. The heck you do. No, you ain't You ain't getting that. Yeah. No. 651-461-9226. No.
Final segment, we got Word on the Street, and we do that next. Final segment of the evening on The Good Neighbor. Word on the Street, which we typically do at 820. Pushed it back because we took some of your phone calls at 820, but we're doing it now to finish off the show. All right, let's get to it. It seems to be a a little bit of a a resurrection, so to speak, for uh, the band Creed because Kirk Cousins has attributed a lot of his success to Creed. You like that? And now the Texas Rangers also have uh, attributed because they won the World Series, and wouldn't you know it, that, yeah, they were blasting Creed in the clubhouse last night while they had a little bit of the bubbly. And they nice. celebrated last night. Manager Bruce Bochy got everything kicked off with a congratulations speech, praising his team for their 4-1 to series win. Then for a while, the guys got after it. They dumped bottle after bottle of champagne and Budweiser on each other, pausing only to make sure that they sang Creed's higher. This is a banger. This is a banger. It is a banger. It is a banger. That is their unofficial postseason anthem. Now the fiesta got so so rowdy that at some point the guys filled buckets of beer, doused each other, and the suds, eventually they packed it in. Corey Seager became the second position player ever to win the World Series MVP. Meanwhile, Bruce Bochy locked his fourth World Series title. He's a Hall of Fame manager, right? Bruce Bochy? Absolutely. Hall of Fame manager. Incredible. But then also, Scott Stapp, Creed, they made the congratulatory shout-out saying, congratulations, Rangers. You know what they were singing? You know what they were singing in the clubhouse? Can you take me higher to a place where blind men see? Can you take me higher? To a place with golden streets. Bang, 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 bang. Wow. Damn. I did not know Henry Lake knew all the words to hire by Creed. Thank you. Damn, dude, that was was tight. Creed's good stuff. Creed is good stuff. I'm not going to sit here and say that I know their catalog. That's a banger. Oh, they've got some really good ones. Like, My Sacrifice is, is, is good. Oh, man. It's, it's I, so hey, man, I like a little bit of everything, brother. I, I know. Well, that's Give see, me some system of a down. Absolutely. Give me a little bit. Oh, man. Absolutely. Come on, you know, hey, hey a, back, back in the day, you know who I thought was the coolest band way back in the day? What's that? The coolest. I didn't like the way that they dressed, but it was kind of cool to me. Yeah. Come on, man. No, I didn't. Who, who used to put their tongue out all the time? Oh, Kiss? Yes. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. Okay. <laughs> All right, doing the, do, doing the little Gene Simmons. Thing. <laughs> little, I, I thought you were going to recognize the Gene I, Simmons I, I, right I, away. Well, well the, the, t- the tongue didn't go all the way down to your knees. That's the oh, wow. problem. Well, Shannon Tweed ain't in here. Oh, whoa. <laughs> wow. Woo, that took a – you know that next I, – I know we'll do some more word on the street here in a minute. <laughs> you know that next summer, there's going to be like a three-week stretch where it's going to be Foo Fighters, Blink-182, and then uh, Green Day. Mm. I realize that like because I've got Foo Fighter. My buddy Ryan grabbed um, Blink tickets, and then he asked me today about Green Day because they're going to play Target Field. Like so, August you're saying, 17th. you're saying we can't lose next summer. Then. We can't. No, yeah. 
No, I, I mean that it's, sounds amazing, man. It's it's gonna it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. Hey, there's a wild conspiracy floating around that Matthew Perry's recent Matman post before his death were a cry for help. But the woman he dined with the day before he passed says that that theory couldn't be further from the truth. Now, Athena Crosby, the mystery brunette spotted grabbing a meal with Matthew before he died, says he was really into Batman, even calling himself Matman, which seems like something he would do, hmm. and ride his Batmobile. She said he was a playful guy in the months that she knew him, and the conspiracy theory is pushing subliminal messages about his safety by using the superhero references way off. Now, Athena playfully chalks the Matman post up to Perry being a nerd, said fans jumping on the conspiracy train are definitely getting carried away. She doubles down on what has already been said, that the actor was extremely optimistic and in great spirits leading up to his death and he even had projects lined up. Now, she said there's been a lot of speculation surrounding his death in the days since he passed away and that he can, uh, she can only speak from her experience that it was just a very sad accident. Yeah, and yeah, that, that's to, – to me, we always come up with conspiracy theories about – entertainers and celebrities and athletes when they die and they die way too young. I, I hate that we go there first. Let, let's get a little bit more information and, and something with some substance there before we uh, go ahead and try to say that something nefarious. Happened. Did you see that idiot Saturday night live writer who was mocking him? No mocking the death. Yeah. Just saying, I love it when a junkie dies and there are people, it was Whoa. a vaccine. And, oh yeah. It was completely classless. Former yeah. SNL, Kevin somebody, he's just, I mean, it was just completely Wait, gross. a former comedian or he's a, he's somebody sta- that wrote he, on it? No, he's a stand-up comedian who used to write for SNL. Hmm. Yeah, it was, the guy's a piece of garbage. Hey, and uh, speaking of somebody that you're a big fan of, Kim Kardashian says her ex Kanye West <laughs> has traded in his luxury crib for an apartment with no, I shouldn't have done that because you're Creed. I'm still blown away by your Creed, dude. Like, that was awesome. With no lavish amenities, but their daughter's totally down with it. Now, the Skim CEO made the claim as she sat on a couch with Courtney, the latest episode of the Kardashians, which aired last night on Hulu. Kim revealed North's visit Kanye at his humble abode. The 10-year-old thinks her dad's just the best and has it all figured out. Now, she quoted North as saying he doesn't have a nanny, he doesn't have a chef, he doesn't have security, he lives in an apartment. Kim then told uh, Courtney North, uh, started crying, asked, why don't you have an apartment? I can't believe we don't have an apartment. So where is this mysterious apartment? No one exactly knows, but in May there were rumors that Kanye and his new wife moved into a 20K a month flat in West Hollywood. Mm. The building was supposedly tricked out with a heated pool, rooftop cafe, and a private cinema. I tell you what, his apartment, my apartment, not the same. I mean, I don't (laughs) live in an apartment anymore, but I'm pretty sure his apartment was not like anything I'd ever lived in. Yeah, it's probably the sickest thing you've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you the sickest home I've ever seen or been to was the Patriots giant Super Bowl in Arizona. I was with Larry Fitzgerald Jr. and we were at uh, Mr. Bidwell's home. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, when you're not when you make the players pay for their own meals, of course, you're going to have more money. Oh, wow. Oh, when you don't when you oh, wow. when you don't give them equipment and a practice facility, of course, you're going to have money. Oh, wow. Talk to you guys tomorrow night, full show, 6 until 9. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.